of Reverb Rewind. I am Josh. Kevin is here as well. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great, Josh. And yourself? I'm doing really well. Um, before we get into Reverb Rewind, something happened overnight that I woke up to some nice news, and it was Lacey Evans quote tweeted me on Twitter, and I'm fangirling yeah. about it. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I knew Graduate. that I was... I was knew that I was going to talk about it. I was like, let's get it out of the way fast so then people can move along. Uh, but I was like, um, I didn't even like, you know, when you have heaps of notifications on Twitter and you have to click like show more. Yeah. Like, so I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't feel like going all through all these tweets. So I just left it. And then I was like, oh, I'm, let's just go through all my tweets. And it was the very last notification. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed you this. Imagine- could you imagine if you didn't check that and never saw that? I would have cried. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a tragedy. Oh, man. Um, so we haven't talked since last week. Um, what's been happening in the world of Kevin? Well, no, nothing too much. Same old, same old. Just, you know, nose to the grindstone. Getting prepared for these shows. Uh, you know, just watch TakeOver Brooklyn today. So it's nice and fresh in my mind for what we're about to do. I also, uh, on Twitter today, put out that, um, and this is tentative. I don't want to say this is like an absolute thing because it might be earlier, but it won't be any later. Um, On April 1st, tentatively, I'm going to be relaunching my website. I've been sort of neglecting it over the last two months because I've been struggling to write. I've had some writer's block, but... I'm feeling now like I'm at a point where I can get that started again. Maybe be more. I think what I'm gonna do is take it in more of a like a all-encompassing direction. Like instead of just wrestling, it'll be wrestling. It'll be like life, like you know, music, lifestyle stuff. Anything I really want to write about, I will. But at the at its core, still gonna be the last blogger standing. Still gonna be a wrestling blog at heart. Still gonna have all sorts of different pieces on there, especially with WrestleMania week just around the corner. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I seen that you tweeted about that um, earlier. Um, and that's a cool idea is to kind of tie in, like, have it more... Like, yes, wrestling is still its core. Like, that's what you're blogging about. But, I mean, um, there is other elements of your life. It's not all wrestling. As much as um, you love wrestling, there is other elements. Like, you like other things and you just want to blog about some other things. So, it's more of an extension of who you are, I guess, than, exactly. than just wrestling. But, I mean, um, that's really cool. Um, so, April 1st, you're launching back up, did you say? Well, tentatively? A- tentatively April 1st. I know that if I 
get like you know if I if I get the, uh, the if I, I'm jonesing or I'm fixing to write something sooner, I will. But I know no later than April first because April first is a as a Monday, the Monday of WrestleMania week. Yes, it's also April Fool's Day, but that's not related. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's when I want to definitely have something going because there's obviously going to be a lot of work to do that week. Yeah, we know. well, well uh, we've got uh, some. I, I believe uh, we've got a pretty pretty big week. I, I believe I've talked about it before. Yes, of course, Brain Buster Radio launches April 1st as well. So um, not only do you have something to read, you have something to listen to. So um, we got a big Funny week. We got a big week, uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, Kevin, we can chat about this more, but um, this, is a, this is a nice little idea. Maybe we can tie some things in WrestleMania week between your blog and the podcast and kind of have a little bit of a little bit of a fun time with that that could that could be fun oh oh yeah there's a world of, of possibilities out there with tie-ins and with sort of you know you could write stuff i'm gonna do you know really anything wrestlemania prediction show on friday on brain buster radio make sure you're not gonna want to miss that wrestlemania week friday but there's so much more like you know we got we have so many other days to fill with, yeah. with content and with with stuff so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where the blog and the podcast connect yeah, that could be really fun. Um, a little bit of a news for later this week. I'm um, speaking of Brainbuster Radio. Um, this Friday on Wrestling Reverb, or late Thursday night, wherever you are in the world, um, we're going to have a special guest. We've got Queen coming on. She's a part of the Brainbuster Ra- Radio family. We're going to chat some stuff about Brainbuster Radio, and we're also going to have a nice little chat about wrestling. Um, me and Kev will have the best time with Queen. She's a, a lovely, lovely lady. So um, make sure you check out that later in the week on Wrestling Reverb. And, um, of course, like Kevin mentioned before, Friday of WrestleMania week is our debut on Brainbuster Radio. And we will be having a WrestleMania prediction show. And now I can also let you know that um, the whole Brainbuster team will be involved in that show in some capacity with... Um, their predictions, I'm going to be kind of assigning each of those guys a couple of matches and they will send in their predictions and we'll play them on the show for you guys. So you'll hear from the whole Brain Buster team leading into WrestleMania on Wrestling Reverb um, with their predictions for each match that I assign them. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of matches at WrestleMania, so um, it'll be a couple matches each for them, and you'll hear from Kevin and I on what we're thinking about WrestleMania, and now I can also say we've kind of um, alluded to it um, in the last show or the show before, but we will be doing an NXT TakeOver recap show on the uh, Sunday, Saturday, wherever it comes out in your land. Um, It'll be... We'll be doing an NXT TakeOver recap show, and then we got the WrestleMania prediction show. We'll be doing a Reverb Rewind. In other words, me and Kev are going to be busy boys that week, because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, obviously, because it's WrestleMania. Um, we'll be doing, don't worry, we'll still be doing a WrestleMania recap show, and as we go into Raw and SmackDown, dependent on what goes on, we'll be you'll be hearing from us a lot within that week or so. Um, so it's it's going to be a busy week, but it will be a good week. Yeah, get used to these voices, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we kind of gear up for Brain Buster Radio, I do need to remind you to go to Brain Buster's um, Twitter feed. You can enter the competition that is going on at the, 
at the moment. All you need to do is follow Brainbuster on Twitter, retweet the pinned tweet that they have going on, and give it a like. Um, and then y you go into a random draw. The winner gets a Brainbuster sticker, a Brainbuster T-shirt, and this is the coolest thing about it: the winner will get to choose any Brainbuster show to guest on. So you can choose from Omega Luke to Foul to Wilfred to Queen um, to No Particular Angle. Uh, Badlands pod, uh, podcast and of course Wrestling Reverb, um, and you can choose who who you want who you want a guest on, and you'll be a guest on their podcast and can talk and chat with the any of the wonderful people on Brainbuster Radio. So, um, oh, and of course, how am I forgetting Wrestle Thoughts podcast? Those boys are great. My bad. Um, there's just a lot of names to go through. Then that was on me. Um, Big Ross. Yeah, you got a lot to choose from, and man, the that's oh, so easy. Retweet, like, follow Brainbuster Radio. Easy peasy. Just go to their pin tweet. Um, I believe you have the en until the end of the month. I believe it's around the twenty eighth or 29th that you have to. Um, but all the rules are in that pin tweet on Brainbuster Radio. So at Brainbuster Radio on Twitter, and just enter. You meet guests on a show, so it's pretty, 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 pretty cool. Um. But yeah, we're all gearing up for that. But um, let's not waste too much more time. Let's get to business on what we're talking about today. This is a uh, the third edition of Reverb Rewind. And uh, Kevin put out a little tweet about a week and a half ago. And um, it was his all his choice this time. He took the reins on this one. Um, he gave us the four wonderful options of four NXT TakeOvers, which I was not expecting. It took me off guard, but I am not mad. NXT TakeOvers always provide just wonderful shows. Um, and the winner was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. The original, you know, um, coming out party, if you will, for NXT. They This was their first show out of full sale um, on a grand stage for an event. Um, this is a pretty big deal for them at this time, and man, rewatching the show, I've watched that show quite a lot. I've watched that show a fair few times, um, well, at least one of the matches on there. Um, but it's a fantastic show. So, um, Kevin, we'll let you, as we normally do with these recap shows, I always kind of let you take the reins. Um, anything you want to say before we get into the first match about NXT TakeOver Brooklyn or the other choices that you had in this um, Well, role? yeah, sure. With the four TakeOvers I chose, each of them had something, I think, that would... Something special to me. Something that would have been worth talking about, definitely. And I, they're all good shows because, like you said, Josh, every TakeOver delivers... I don't think we've had one that hasn't delivered. Even going back to what before they were called TakeOver, NXT Arrival. They were so good. But with the other choices involved, you had NXT, you had NXT TakeOver Toronto with that classic DIY Revival tag title match. You had NXT TakeOver Unstoppable with the, one of the most underrated matches in NXT history, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. And you had NXT TakeOver Revolution, or our evolution depending on how you say it. Uh, I've heard both. Uh, that had the Sami Zayn winning the NXT title from Neville. So that, those are a couple of cornerstone moments in NXT history. Yeah, they, and they I thought really they were are. all very important. So I wanted, to, I wanted to have something that we would be able to talk about 
and obviously, bro- obviously, we all know it's what happened to, to take over Brooklyn. Yeah, it's one of the shows they put on for a reason, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting talking. I'm looking forward to getting talking about it. So we'll get started. Let's so the first it. thing that happened. What'd you say? I said, let's do it. Oh, man, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first, before we even get to the matches, we had Triple H in the ring. That's how the show opens. Triple H, spotlight on, center of the ring. He cuts a, just, the, oh, a goosebumps promo to the camera about how, you know, this we made, the fans made this. The fans made this a revolution. The fans... Said this is the future, and that the future is now. And then he got on the mic and just screamed, "We are NXT!" And the pop was absolutely ballistic. It was bananas. It had honestly, this show for me has has a WrestleMania feel to it. I think that was the idea. It was their first time leading full sale, and I really think that the show just felt so special right from the get go. You heard the crowd. You heard how much emotion Triple H poured into that promo. You had the match card. You had all the feels in the world just circulating in the, in the air, and it was incredible, an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, it, I, I echo that completely because um, I remember, you know, taking back to watching this live, the beauty of, before I, I'm just going to divert for a minute, but the beauty of doing something like takeovers is that I can actually recall sitting down and watching these shows, what, three, four years ago, whenever it was, um, and actually remember that feeling I had. And I'm the same as you, dude. Like, as soon as Triple H screamed, we are NXT, put his arms out, and the kind of camera panned around, you know, all the fans going crazy chanting NXT, um, that felt big. That felt... it, it, it. That kind of moment, if there was two people in the arena or 20,000 that moment would have felt just incredible to be a part of. There's really not too many words that would justify how incredible that feeling would have been in that arena. You could feel it through the TV. So, I mean, imagine the arena. Oh, absolutely. And a little little side note, this was the first NXT TakeOver that I watched live. Oh. The ones prior, I remember watching them, but I don't remember why. I, I definitely don't have a strong connection with them because I would watch them after the fact. This was the first show where I was like, I need to watch this. It's tough with Saturday nights, you know, it's tough, especially when you're like, you're our age and you have like a nightlife and yeah. you have, you know, social things going on. Saturday nights are tough. And I believe this was actually, I believe the other the first ones are actually on, on Wednesday. So that point actually doesn't even matter because the original takeovers were on Wednesday. Yeah. But still, Wednesday, okay, Wednesday during school. That's tough to watch. But I made sure that I set time aside to watch this show because I knew it was going to be special. I knew it was the coming out party, like you said, for TakeOver, for NXT, for the whole brand. This was their moment to show the world what they were made of. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that so bad, and I couldn't miss it. So I made sure to tune in. And boy, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't disappointed. Not, for, not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. It is a good point that you bring up, um, you know, in the States it is on on a Saturday night. So that's my Sunday morning. Like you said, there's a nightlife and um, I work a lot on the weekends. I remember not being able to watch this show live. I had to watch it later in the day because 
I was at work or maybe I went out the night before and I was just hungover. I don't know what it was, but um, I remember not being able to watch this show live. It was on a few hour delay for me um, for whatever reason, but a good point you bring up because Saturday nights would be tough for people our age. Even a Sunday morning would, is tough for people our yeah. age. We don't want to be up at, you know, 8.30 in the morning for me um, to watch wrestling on a Sunday morning. But, I mean, I do it now. But, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is a weird It is a weird time. Like, we think to WrestleMania week, like, so that's uh, TakeOver, Hall of Fame, and WrestleMania then Raw and SmackDown on top of that are all on. So my Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning is all taken up by wrestling. So just, uh, it's a, and your night times are taken up by wrestling. So, I mean, it is a weird yeah. thing to think about. And this, in this particular show, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn was 2000, was August of 2015. So it would have been, I would have been home for the summer, but I would have been, uh, I would have been after my freshman year of college. And I remember in, for subsequent shows after this one, uh, there would be times where I, I wasn't home to watch it. So what I, I just literally took no chances. I deleted Twitter. <laughs> I would delete Twitter for the night and just try to just block it out, you know. And it actually yeah. one time I ran into somebody at a party while NXT TakeOver San Antonio was going on, that, that January of 2016, I think it was, or maybe 2017. Yep. Actually, definitely 2017. Yeah. I ran into someone at a party, and they just ran down the results for me, and I was so mad. Oh, my God. Because I literally God. deleted social media with the, with the idea in mind to go home and watch the show after I was, after I was done at this party, and it just got ruined for me there, and that sucked. I would just a little side though. Oh, I would be the same. I used to do the same as you, like for Raws or Smack, whatever show it was. If I was at work or just wasn't home for any kind of um, reason, I would literally either delete the app on my phone or I would unfollow every single page that was related to wrestling. So I just could not see (laughs) it. Oh my God. We're crazy people, aren't we? (laughs) We really are. We really are. But anyway, yeah, we digressed for long enough. We'll get back to the card at hand. No more stories about college parties. Not on this show, anyway. Maybe, maybe next time. Maybe, maybe in the next ten minutes. <laughs> maybe in the yeah. Maybe if something else comes to mind. <laughs> everything I everything I say has to have an asterisk next to it because if I come up with something else, I'm gonna go to it. Me too. But anyway, but anyway, the first match on this card, a match that just doesn't sound like it ever could have possibly happened on paper we've got tyler breeze versus the one the only jushin thunder liger damn like i still just don't even understand how they pulled this off incredible incredible seeing jushin liger in the ring 2015 the year saw not only this is the year sting first wrestled through wwe and Jushin Thunder Liger first wrestled for WWE. What a year that was. His one and only WWE match. Yes. One and only. One and done. So he, he faced off with Tyler Breeze. And the thing I noticed was that the crowd was still, despite the, it was Jushin Thunder Liger, 
that he had come over from Japan and he was wrestling this match. Despite that, the crowd was still split because they loved Tyler Breeze that damn much. Dude, Tyler Breeze was just the the best. He, I, I can't really describe just how much I love Tyler Breeze. There was no one around me that didn't. You couldn't hate him because, like, as much as we, you know, he's gone around, he's a male model and, you know, all this, you can't hate it. You kind of want to be it in a weird sense of your mind, even if it's not at the forefront of your mind. You kind of want to be him. Um in a weird, weird world. But, um, from that entrance that Tyler Breeze had with the, all the, the ladies and, you know, the, all the different models that came out and that song that was playing that New York City, like that was, that was just like the, the best entrance. I just really appreciate that. I got like chills watching it again. And this is probably my, like, however many time watching, um, this takeover. And, Every time that that New York City bit hits and Tyler Breeze walks on out, I get goosebumps because the crowd just comes alive. It's the first time they're seeing, you know, a takeover on this stage. They're in Brooklyn, which is my personal favorite wrestling crowd is is Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. And um, you just hear the ovation that Tyler gets and and, and um, Liger as well. So... Just before the match even begins, that place is is rocking for both of those guys. And that's a theme throughout the night, and we'll touch on it more later. Is that the crowd? This Brooklyn crowd, Brooklyn is always Brooklyn always brings it. Yeah, but this show in particular, they were absolutely unreal. They, they were made, such a good yeah, crowd. They made the show better. Not saying yes. that the the matches weren't good because that wasn't the case at all. But they made that show bigger than it than it ever could have made itself. They were hot for everything. Yeah. They were hot for, like, arm drags. They were hot for On strikes. every move. They were hanging on every move. Yeah. You don't get that every every wrestling crowd anymore. You certainly no, that's, don't. That's, like, the gold standard for crowd for crowd activity and on a show because they were loud, they were proud, and they were, you know, they were letting everyone hear it. But they weren't trying to take over the show or anything. They weren't trying to do too much or put themselves over. They were they were genuinely interested in every single match, every single moment, and that's just a really cool thing to see. Yeah, especially in um, I've noticed, you know, you go to different countries and and stuff within wrestling, and each country brings their own brand of how they are as a crowd. And I noticed that like if you go to Japan, uh, J- Japan. They're very different to the States or to um, the UK in the sense of they wait for every move. They're very respectful. The quieter they are, almost the better you're doing in a sense um, in some ways. Like, they're very respectful. They'll clap for when wrestling is really, really good. Um, However, in the States, quiet means you're doing terrible. You never want to hear silence in the States. Um well, for actually in majority of the world, you never really want to hear quiet during a pro wrestling match because it means you're doing bad. But um, this was the legit opposite of that. It was a time where there was never a moment, there was never a break in the crowd. They were always constantly hot for everything. They were hanging on everything. And in this match alone, um, like you said, very split. And going into this, 
I knew Tyler would be cheered, but I almost thought within the match itself um, that Liger would be, you know, way more over than Tyler. But it was, if it wasn't 50-50, it was (laughs) 60-40. Yeah. And it it was just, oh, it was just amazing. And, And the match itself was good. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be like this crazy wrestling match. It was a showcase for both for both Liger and Breeze, really. It wasn't just like a one-sided affair. Both men got their offense in. Both men looked really good. Liger went through the greatest hits, you know, the surfboard stretch, the Liger bomb. He hit all, all the moves that people want to see. And that's he did they did everything that people wanted to see in this, you know, it was a short match, but it was a good match. Yeah. Um it didn't run too long. It didn't you know, it didn't, it served its purpose. This is what it needed to do. Um, and regardless of whether this was a five-star classic or a one-star blunder, um, Jushin Thunder Liger got to wrestle in a WWE ring. And especially, you know, at his age and what he's done in the business, um, it's something that you never, well, I never thought that would ever happen. I just thought, this is just something that's never going to happen. Certainly, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind, like, oh, I can't wait for Liger to get to WWE. But it was certainly a thing that I've thought about in the past of, hey, I'd really like to see him mix it up some way in WWE. And um, what a perfect way to do it. A very, t- very two different characters in um, Liger and Breeze, but... They meshed so well. They really did. Like you said, it wasn't too long. Um, I think it only ran for about, probably about 10 minutes. Um, If that, maybe a little bit longer. But just a very good blend of styles and someone that brings so much experience. There's not too many people that have more experience than than Liger. So um, him and Breeze, I've always enjoyed that match. It really... it did its purpose. It got Breeze to a, a really good spot as well because he held his own in there with a legend like uh, Liger. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a big takeaway from this match is that Breeze looked like he could, Breeze looked every bit the part in this match, and yeah. we knew we know he could wrestle. But it's one thing when you're you're wrestling the guys in NXT, and then you you're wrestling Jushin Thunder Liger. The man's an absolute legend. He's done pretty much everything there is to do in this business except compete in a WWE ring at, up to this point. Yeah. And so it was just awesome to see him. Uh, both these guys are incredible showmans. Showman. 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 I don't know. Show I don't think there's an S. Show model? I don't think there's an S on the end. I think that was just a slip of the tongue. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, they're both incredible. At just, their showmanship is off the charts. You have Liger playing with the selfie stick, and you have him copying uh, Breeze doing the, the layup in the corner turnbuckle lay in the cross. Just a lot of really fun. Just a good opener. It caught it caught people. It had people going. It, it was very you know it was energetic. Got some cool stuff. Uh, Liger hit a nice little uh, somersault on the outside. Somersault off the apron. And got the win, which is expected, but that's the right result. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Um, and like, I, I just, I could talk about this match for a lot longer than I think anyone would anticipate because, sure, this isn't my favorite match ever, but there's just something about this match. Maybe it's just the energy in the crowd, or just you know, it's the first match on the card. Um, 
there was no other way, there was no other perfect way to open this show. That was the perfect match to do it. It didn't overshadow anything else. It was just perfect. And we got that moment. And um, also a shout out to um, Jushin Thunder Liger because he's retiring come January. Um, and he, I mean, his career has spanned decades. He is a legend and... Um, yeah, he just is a very he's just a, he's just really really good at what he does. Hence why he's done it for as long as he can and it's great that he can go out um in January of next year and end his career on his own terms when he wants to. Yeah, that's a really big point because you so many times you see careers cut short. Liger, I don't even know how old he is, but he's up there. Oh, yeah. And for him to for him yeah, for him to be able to walk away on his own and when he wants to, is huge. Mm. You don't, you just don't see that too often. You just, you, it, it doesn't usually work like that. Uh, he'll get yeah. one more dome show, I think, because I, I imagine he's retiring at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom would be where I think he would have his final match, um, which is a you know, a big deal. That's New Japan's equivalent of WrestleMania. That is their WrestleMania. There is no bigger show in. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling than Wrestle Kingdom, January 4th. So um, that'll be a very emotional match for him, for the fans, for fans of his, for fans of New Japan. Um, I always watch Wrestle Kingdom, so I'll definitely be tuning in to that. Oh, yeah, me too. I've become a a big Wrestle Kingdom fan in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, I I can't wait to see who Liger faces in that match because whoever's gonna get that rub, uh, it's gonna be monumental. Oh yeah, I, I don't know who it's gonna be. Me either. I have I have literally no clue, but um, all eyes will be on that. <laughs> That's kind of the fun thing about New Japan is that you can't always see. You, I mean, for me at least, because I'm I'm kind of a, I'm a, I, I like New Japan, but I'm not like a he, I'm not like a diehard. I'm not too into it. We're casual New Japan fans. Yeah, yeah. So I don't recognize their booking patterns the way I do WWE. So yeah. everything's a little surprising to me, which yeah. I enjoy. Yeah, me too. I'm the same. I don't watch all of their shows. I'm not going to lie to you, but I watch their big events. Um, and I will be. I, in other words, I'll be definitely watching that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on. So moving on from Liger, Liger picks up the win. Like we said, move on from that. There was a nice little uh, video package for one Nia Jax making her NXT debut yeah. soon to come. Yeah, that's um, I noticed that as well. I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, is he just going to go into the next thing, or are we going to skim over this? But um, it is really weird because when you think about this, this is four years ago now. Well, it's coming into it. It's coming up on four years in August. Um where all these people are is just so weird. Like you, Tyler Breeze, he's was not long after that. He was called up to the main roster. And I mean, he's had a lackluster run on the main roster. Someone that I think, someone that I think could have done a lot of better, a lot better than what he was presented on the main roster as, but that's neither here nor there. Nia Jax, obviously, regardless of people's opinions on Nia Jax, um, she certainly had a successful run since that moment, well, that introduction 
introductory video. Um, she is a former Raw Women's Champion. Um, she is constantly in a storyline. She has fought pretty much everyone on the main roster. She's had a match, big matches with all of the ladies. Um, so, I mean, she, regardless of what you think about her person, like, you know, personally on her work in the ring, she's had a successful career. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She's been relevant ever since, really ever since this, this moment at TakeOver. She's been... I mean, she ran through NXT in pretty short order. She got called up. She's a Raw Women's Champion, like you said. She won the Evolution Battle Royal. You know, she's she's mixed it up with Rousey. She's mixed it up with Banks, with Charlotte, with just about everybody. Yeah. And she's been doing it, yeah. She's been on the top of the card, if not somewhere in, in a position of relevancy for the last couple of years now. Dude, so kudos like, to her for hanging on, especially look, in, a, in a business where your shelf life is so short. Yeah, yeah, um, you look a year ago, she was building up to win the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. There's not really any bigger moment that you can win your first championship than at WrestleMania, and, and Nia did that. So, I mean, kudos to NXT because she did well enough there for them to be like, we want you up here, and she's had a pretty successful run, like he listed on her, her accolades before. But yeah, Nia Jax coming to NXT. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, so everyone has uh, put on, on notice there that Nia Jax is on her way. Then we get to the next match. I'm not going to, I I didn't skip any of the, uh, the in-between stuff, because it's usually, it's pretty important, or at least it's interesting. Yeah. To touch on. So next up, we got the Vaude villains, Aiden English and Simon Gotch, taking on Blake and Murphy for the NXT Tag Team titles. And before this match even got started, obviously Blake and Murphy had Alexa Bliss with them. They make up the collective known as the Blake Alexa Murphy Factor or BAMF, which has a funny little uh, <laughs> funny little play on words. And then. As an equalizer, because Alexa Bliss has been had been a thorn in the Vaude Villains side, the Vaude Villains call out blue pants. It's blue pants. Straight from the clearance rack. <laughs> the f- there's no better billing than straight from the clearance rack in professional wrestling history. I'm cons- I'm convinced. We got old blue pants here. Um, and man, can she just groove and jive like that, that thing that she did with her arms. You can't see me at the moment, but I'm doing it as well. She did it with the blue pants and then in she comes and, um, did the whole stance with the, you know, hands on her hips. And she was, she was straight from that clearance rack. She was ready to kick some bliss ass. (laughs) And the crowd went again, the crowd just went ballistic. Oh my god. We were all expecting it at that point. Like we we were like, come on, this has gotta be blue pants and when the Ford villains were wearing blue pants, it was we were like, come on, bring out blue pants. Come on, bring her out. And uh, in comes uh old blue pants. So of course Lever Bates for those of you who don't follow independent wrestling. She is a very world renowned um female wrestler, um I don't know what she's up to now. I don't know, but she... uh, Blue Pants appeared on NXT 
a handful of times and at takeover brooklyn nonetheless <laughs> yeah and the biggest sh- the biggest show of the year possibly the biggest show they've ever put on and blue pants had a pivotal role in it yeah. but aside, aside from just blue pants's uh appearance because that that was like that was the story of the early that was like the story of the beginning of the, of the whole thing yeah but i forgot just how much this match was fun yeah this match was absolutely killer um NXT Tag Team Championship matches always delivered. They're always a little bit of a slept-on division. Um, I think, anyway. There wasn't... Not in a... I don't mean this in a malicious, nasty way, but there wasn't a lot of teams at any one time within the NXT Tag Team division. So when they had these opportunities to be on a takeover to defend the titles or uh, gain titles, whatever you're doing, um, they... Always, they were always seemed to be the the second match on the show for a long time. The formula of NXT Takeover was kind of similar all the time, and the tag team championships were always, you know, the opener or they went on number number two, and um, they really went in with the mentality of follow this. There's no other tag team matches on the show. It was the only form of tag team wrestling on the show, and they were going to make sure that you paid attention to tag team wrestling. They didn't, and uh, this match, and especially at this at, the, at this stage of NXT, because you didn't have the star power necessarily yet that you would have in later years from the tag team division. Yeah. You know, the Vaude Villains and and Blake and Murphy weren't star like they weren't star tag teams the way you know say DIY, the Revival, American Alpha were, but the crowd but the crowd loved the Vaude Villains. They didn't like Blake and Murphy, which makes sense. Um. It's funny to think about where all these guys are now. Yeah. Well, and like you said before, like you said before, Nia Jax, you could do the same thing here. Yeah. Where are these guys now? You have Simon Gotch, who's no longer with the company. You have Aiden English, who is doing commentary on 205 <laughs> Live. He had, a, had a decent main roster run. 205 Live wasn't even a thing when they were all doing their thing um at this time. No, yeah, then. this is this is pre Cruiserweight Classic even. Like this yeah. is old. Yep. You had those you had those two on the Vaude Villain side. Then Blake and Murphy have both sort of resurrected their both obviously Murphy has the two oh five as the cruiserweight champion, wrote, runs two oh five live. But Wesley Blake has found himself a nice little niche with the Forgotten Sons and NXT. Yep. They both sort of redefined their careers. Because yep. after this tag team broke up, they were both sort of treading water, not really doing anything for a while. Yeah. No joke. Like, and then um of course, you have one little Miss Bliss, who's now the host of WrestleMania 35. Yeah. How about that? I wish, I mean, I'd love to see her compete, but as far as, you know, hosts go, I think we got, I think we got, I think we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good host. Yeah. And, um, yeah, okay. We would love to see her compete, but realistically, Bliss would only be in the Battle Royal. She wouldn't be doing anything too major this year, so why not get your face in multiple segments instead of one? Yeah. They they know they know she's money. They know they can market she her. She is. So they gotta use her in the best way possible and this is how you do it. But yeah, she um in this match played a factor uh quite a bit. Uh she blistered on up oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, she terrible. Did. She really did. She bliss she blissed all over the place. Um <laughs> But no, for, for real, she, uh, 
her the whole story with this team was that Alexa Bliss was like the X factor. She was all she was right there. She was always able to help, and she helped out a lot during this match. But that's where Blue Pants comes in because she was Alexa Bliss's foil, which she hadn't seen yet. So there were, this was a fun match, you know. A lot of, a lot of cool moments. Aiden English in particular, I thought looked pretty good. You know, he hit a nice little swanton, took a nice apron bump from the out to the outside. Uh, I think, I mean, all four of the guys look good, but I, I thought English, I'd like to single out. I thought he looked really good. Yeah, um, no, I'm pretty much the same. Um, the thing I noticed most about this match though is Murphy has gotten ripped since this he was a chunky boy at this point um <laughs> he was he's not like that anymore um he has leaned out lost a lot of weight since then um he looks a- amazing now like he's in amazing shape but um that's what i noticed throughout this whole match i couldn't get over i'm like wow he's dropped a lot of weight since four years ago yeah yes yeah, he's, he's- Dropped a lot of weight, he's gotten leaner, more cut, and I mean, obviously, he, he was always a good wrestler, but he, yeah. he found something in himself to yeah. just break out. Like, he's one of the biggest stars going now. He really I think he'll is. be on the main roster sooner rather than later. It, well, yeah, I'd like to see him mix it up. Could you imagine the matches that um, he could have with Seth and AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio, and the list goes on and on and on, but um, um, man, he's... Even in this match alone, like, the amount of, like, false finishes in this match. Like, even I, who've watched this match countless times, was still like, oh, is that the finish? Oh, that's the finish. Oh, I can't... That's the finish. And I kept getting on the edge of my seat again, watching this, because I'm like, oh, this wasn't the finish. That wasn't the finish. Um, And then the cool stuff with Blue Pants and Bliss when they were brawling, and... Man, that slap from Blue Pants was just shit. But it was still amazing. Um, <laughs> it, really, it really was. It was I terrible. She swung that. from, like, and got no, like, there was no oomph in it. And um, it was just a trash slap. But, man, I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was still a great moment. The crowd loved it. That's all <laughs> that really matters. Yeah. And so the Vaudevillains would win the match with the Whirling Dervish, which is a, just a terrific name for a finishing maneuver. Muy bien, that's perfect. Muy bien, and we got new tag champs, and the crowd loved it. The crowd went nuts. They crowd did. Went absolutely nuts. Um, I don't think people talk about the how over the Void villains were for one, and just how much they didn't like Blake, Murphy, and Alexa. Like, they really did not like those two, uh, well, those three. Um, there was a lot of heat on those, on those, on those, on yeah. that trio. Oh, definitely. No one. They held the titles for so long. No yeah. one, and no one wanted to see them with it. They beat the the Lucha Dragons for it, which is a very popular NXT tag team in its run. So yeah, obviously they're gonna get a lot of hate for that. And just yeah, they 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 were they were heat magnets. But that's that's the idea, and yeah. they did it really well. Yeah, they're a tag team lost to history. I'd say I don't think too many people talk about Blake and Murphy anymore. They but what they they were good. Yeah, they were really good. They were good. All right, moving on. I don't believe anything happened in between this match and the next. I think that they, I think they showed Bailey backstage with Becky and Charlotte. Yeah, they did. They did the, uh, like the, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they just all kind of like. Hey. 
yeah, literally, not, not a promo, just a little little peek into the backstage as Bailey prepared to take on Sasha. Here's a side note. Um, that episode of NXT obviously was taped before uh, Brooklyn, and there was a fatal four-way women's match in that ep- episode. It was Charlotte, Becky, Dana Brooke, and Emma. And if you remember correctly, I don't know if you remember this or not, the ending of that match was Emma beating Becky. But the whole story behind that was that that apparently no, was, was not the finish that was planned and yeah. Emma accidentally won. Um, I know exactly where you were going with that. Yep. Yeah. and I remember the story. Yeah, and I just remember the... All those girls got a huge reaction. The, the Fatal 4-Way was really fun. Emma hit the... Emma might sandwich right into the uh, chest of Becky Lynch. And I don't know if Becky was meant to kick out or if someone was meant to break it up, but no one did. And the referee counted to three and Emma looked shocked because I think she was. Because you're not just going to get up off of Becky without her kicking out. That would kind of ruin a wrestling match. It would would make it look fake. Um, Oh, yeah. So, like, you just have to lay on top and hope someone breaks it up, I guess. But, I mean, I rem- distinctly remember watching that and being like, Emma won? Because, let's be honest, Emma didn't win all that much. <laughs> no. Which is sad because she's terrific and deserved to win more. And I'm happy she won that match, even if it was a happy little accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma was... I mean, obviously, I liked Emma. I did like Emma a lot. But I think she was a little bit... Uh, uh, ridden with injuries. I think that was her problem. Yeah. She had a lot yeah, of she injuries. Had some bad luck. Yeah. Which is a shame. But anyway, yeah. I digress. I mean, that was just a weird little thing that I remember. Yeah, hey, a little fun fact. A little fun fact for the people listening at home. Mm. Next up, we have the in ring debut of Apollo Crews taking on the NXT in ring debut, I should say, because he had a. Long and a fruitful career as Yuha Nation beforehand. But he took on Ty Dillinger in a short little match that was basically just a showcase for Apollo Crews. Although Ty got in some... He got in a decent amount of offense, actually. It wasn't like a a straight one-sided squash. It was kind of a well-contested match for how short it was. You wouldn't have expected. But Crews got to hit all the cool spots, get the people talking, pick up the win. Yeah, um... I remember watching this and seeing Ty Dillinger with that 10 shaved into the back of his head and thinking, man, I don't think I could love a haircut more. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a good look for him. I had had forgotten it was him in this match. I I couldn't for the life of me think of who Apollo Crews faced on this card. And the crowd likes Dillinger. The crowd crowd was cheering for Dillinger, too. They were. They were... um, I don't think they were expecting what they got, because I believe that was the first time the Perfect 10 was on our NXT television, like, as, as that gimmick, I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe it was his, that gimmick's debut. I believe it had been at live events and stuff, but, um, man, it got over. It, it really did, um... It sucks about him because you look at him now and he's not with the company anymore. Um, but he was in NXT for a really long time. He was in the developmental system for a really long time. Um, very talented dude. Um, and he always did his job well. 
predominantly it was putting other people over, but it is what it is. You did it well, wrestling's wrestling. So, I mean, he did a great job here with, um, uh, why am I blank? Apollo Crews. I don't know why I blanked so much on that, but I did. Um, and he made him look like a million bucks while still getting his shit in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's the mark of a good wrestler is that they could they they make you look like a million bucks. That's the point. This is the two man game here. Yeah. And Dillinger, as the ring veteran, as the NXT veteran, really did a good job making Apollo Cruz look good. A- Apollo Cruz's NXT run was it was you know he never won the he never won the title, but he he had a good run for what it was worth, and it started right here. And that's important. You know, it all started for him in Brooklyn. That's an important little footnote to his career. Yeah. But yeah, not much to say about this match though, just you know Apollo Cruz could do some things that not many not many humans could do. The gorilla the, the, the military press into the uh standing moonsault will always def- just drop my jaw. Yeah. Apollo's very good. Um w- w- kind of wherever you're listening to this right now, whether you're at home or I was told by someone this week that they listen to us in the car. So um, whether you're at home or whether you're in the car, um, take a note of this. Apollo Crews could be doing a lot more than what he's doing right now, at least in my opinion. Um, Kevin, yeah. I would I would think that you would probably agree with me. And I do. Yeah. He's a very talented individual. Um, maybe he lacks a little bit of charisma or just mic skill in general but um the right pairing or the the right amount of attention and i think apollo cruz could be a a mid card to upper mid card star i agree yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i really think that it depends on who he's with uh even with i don't think he could do it on his own because i, I don't think he's that charismatic no neither do i but he, when he was with uh, Titus, and obviously that wasn't a stable meant to have any sort of success, but at least it, it got him on TV, and it got it, you know Titus has a huge personality. Yeah. So that, I thought that was a, I thought that was a decent pairing for him. He's got to find someone maybe a bit more used to winning matches, or a man, or just a straight up manager. But I, I see bigger things for him, and I don't think I don't think we've seen you know the last of him on TV because he's been he's been absent for a little bit. Yeah, no, um, was he on TV last week? Didn't he wrestle Kurt Angle? Oh, he did wrestle Kurt Angle, that's right. And I, I they just had don't a nice little match. Angle. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, yeah, like you said, the right manager or the right kind of pairing, and he could really do something. I actually really enjoyed when Dana was a part of... Titus Worldwide yeah. and Akira Tozawa. I thought they could have done a little bit more than what they actually did with that that faction or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, very talented man. I'm glad we're putting Titus Worldwide over here. <laughs> yeah, what really a, if we're good them. for anything, we're good for putting over Titus Worldwide. Titus Worldwide, Tamina. We're just, we're really, we are yeah. actually really terrific at Oh man, Tamina. Don't get me started on Tamina. Just some of the just some of the talent there. Oh my god. Let's let's just move on before I faint. <laughs> um so next up before before we got to our next match, we had a little pro- we had two things, two two things happened before the next match. 
Number one, William Regal cut a promo from backstage on the Titantron and announced the first annual Dusty Classic, the tag team tournament. Just, you know, a little side note. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes meant a lot to NXT, and he meant a lot to wrestling fans everywhere. I miss him to this day. But uh, this was a really, it was a really nice gesture to name this tag tournament after him. And I think every year they've done it justice. Yeah, this was only, at this point, a few months after Dusty had passed, I believe, wasn't it? Or was it... Yeah, it would have been 2015, so um, I believe he passed away in maybe the June or July of that year. So this was probably... Um, Dusty was probably a very big part of this show, um, just in terms of not only, you know, in spirit, everyone loved Dusty, but I mean, in the terms of the organization, the build-ups to this show, he was probably a very big advocate for running TakeOver in Brooklyn, in my opinion, anyway. I, well, I could only assume that he would have been. Um, I've never heard anyone talk ill of of Dusty Rhodes. Everyone loved Dusty. He was a very honest and very real person, I think. Um, and just, obviously, the man is super charismatic. Maybe one of the most charismatic characters um, in wrestling history he is a true, true pioneer of of NXT. Oh yeah, there, you can make the claim that there wouldn't be an NXT without Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. He truly is one of the smartest wrestling minds I think that's ever been yeah. in the business. No, he I really agree. knows. He really knew his stuff. Uh, again, we we miss you, we miss your dream, but thank you for everything. And you know, this was this was this was dedicated to you. This tag tournament was dedicated to all the hard work he put in. Yeah, no, I uh, I com- completely and 100% agree with that. Um, but yeah, the Dusty Rhodes Classic was announced, and I mean, hey, that's ongoing right now. One of What, the fourth Dusty Rhodes Classic or the third? Yes. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's something they hold very near and dear to NXT. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing that as long as NXT exists yeah and that, that's fine with me absolutely fine with me it's a yeah. great way to showcase the tag teams that they have down there yeah so the second thing that happened in between matches i think you'll like this one was that we we, we got we got a look at the four tough enough finalists mm. in the crowd gasp and can you can you just uh run through those those four folk for me do you do you think you can uh, handle my level of excitement for what I assume you would name last or who you would name last? Yeah, you know who's coming last. <laughs> I got I to gotta name the other three first. Uh, the first three of these four competitors are no longer with the company. You had Josh, <laughs> Sarah Lee, and ZZ. And then, who... then, then may I uh, take, the, take the reins on who else was there? Yeah, Josh, go ahead. Who else is that? Mandy. That would be Mandy Rose. Yes, Mandy Rose, who would go on to... No, she didn't win, which is stupid. She came in second to Sarah Lee. Listen, but Tough Enough... Okay, I've watched every single season of Tough Enough. I've watched them all. That was... The worst thing they did for Tough Enough was make it a popularity contest. Because guess what? That woman was playing a heel. She was living up that heel persona. What are heels? Essentially, they're bad people. You're not meant to like them. 
So the fact that she didn't win over Sarah Lee, who couldn't stop smiling when she was hitting a punch, um, and obviously her head, her heart, I could... Listen, I'm not saying I'm the greatest wrestling fan ever, but I've been watching wrestling long enough to know when you can look at someone and go, you're not in this. You're not... This this business isn't for you. And that this business was not for Sarah Lee. She's not made for wrestling. Now, I'm not saying Mandy Rose is like the typical... You look at her and you go, you're a wrestler. Your heart is in this. But hey, the woman just went for the SmackDown Women's Championship at the last pay-per-view. She is a heel. She's a great heel. Um, she was playing the character before she was even a character. She knew what she was doing. And... um. That woman should have won tough enough, in my opinion. Well, clearly yeah, she's think, doing something right because she's still there. Yeah, she's she's she was the real winner of the of the bunch. Um, I could talk about that season of take of tough enough for a long time because it was just awful. You didn't see. I still enjoyed it for what it was, but just the it was very like. Like, quick, 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 quick. Like, they were trying to make it, like, American Idol, but wrestling. Like, they were trying to have a live element, but still have a reality show. It either needed to be a longer concept than one hour, or it needed to be just reformatted in a weird way. It was it was done really weirdly. I only re-watched it, um, so I, when I went to Melbourne last year for Super Showdown... There wasn't a lot to do in the hotel rooms for those few days, so I just chucked on the network on my phone, and I was like, let's watch Tough Enough. Um, so I watched Tough Enough, and going back and re-watching that, you look at the talent that was in there. You had Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, um, Mandy Rose, um, Chelsea Green, Sonia Deville. Um, they're all start... Well, I mean, they're all, they're all with the company. Um, so, I mean, they did something right. Then you look at the winners, Sarah Lee and Josh, and, well, yeah, exactly. Josh, I think, had a huge attitude problem. I remember him putting out some form of a tweet or something yeah, about jobbers. Yeah, And he was nothing at that stage. At that stage, he was just the tough enough winner, and obviously he never come to fruition with anything. ZZ, I mean, I can't, I have nothing. ZZ. ZZ sucked. Yep. Plain and simple. I, I, oh, that made me so mad that he just kept hanging on despite having no ability whatsoever. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh. I didn't want him there. I was like, this is stupid. This was nothing more than a popularity contest because every time something went astray for him, he just made you laugh. So you had to at least go, oh, he's funny, so let's keep him around. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You're in this to be a wrestler. They should have never let fans vote on that show. I think it should have been completely and utterly WWE corporate, and I don't care what anyone says about that. <laughs> yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I just hated seeing all like the talented people get eliminated in favor of Sarah Lee and Josh. Again, we digress. And again, I could talk about that forever, but we don't want to do that. Because next up on the card, we had Samoa Joe taking on Baron Corbin. Now, this match was it was it was a difference. It was a definitely a different type of match. It was a more of a ground like a, br- a brawl ground and pound. Had a different yeah. pace to it. Oh yeah, much slower than the first two first three matches had been. 
And, you know, that makes sense for who was in the ring. It was Samoa Joe, a submission specialist, and Baron Corbin, a monster. It just, it it did it just it was a little you know a little breather almost it almost felt like a breather in between some of the higher spots and the higher the higher matches on the card. Yeah, and it yeah it was literally that it was a bit of a cool down to obviously what was coming up in the next two matches. It was the perfect match to go on in the middle of the show to take a bit of a breather and just kind of huh, just kind of digest what had we'd seen and what was coming up. Yeah, and they, again, it wasn't a bad match. No, not at all. It was just it was just a, a slower match, and that was just how it had to be. And you, you, need, you need a match like that on the card. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. It um, again, I've said this before, and I'll say it many times again. It served its purpose. Yes, it definitely served its purpose. It made Samoa Joe made Samoa Joe look like a monster. Made him look really good. Um, that Coquina Clutch just, it's been four years and that's still probably the most dangerous finish in the WWE. People go nuts for that. People go absolutely nuts when he locks in that move. So, he's um. He's popping in out of nowhere. Like, yeah. the, way, the way he popped in out of the pinfall attempt was so smooth. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's always, it's like almost always that speed. It's very rarely where like, you're like, oh, that didn't look right. He, he locks it in so smoothly almost all the time. It just feels so inescapable and dangerous. Yep. And when people do escape it, it it matters. Like Kofi got out of it during that gauntlet match last month, and it felt like, oh, wow. It felt good. It felt like, wow, I can't believe someone escaped the Kokina Clutch. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, just, just, oh, just, I just love NXT. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. This may have been, like, one of the weaker matches in the card, but you put this match on a WWE pay-per-view, and it probably would have been one of the best. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah, just it's just just how business is done down there in the, at, the, at uh, the yellow brand. But, uh, we can move on, because I know what we're getting. We're, we're getting it. We're getting to the, we're getting the meat of the, of the show. We're getting to the, we're getting to the nitty gritty. We're getting uh, to the good stuff. Please, please, uh, before we do that, we'll take a brief little break. We'll hear a few of our lovely friends in the podcasting world, and we'll be back because uh, we got two very uh, meaty matches to talk about. <laughs> yo, 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 everyone! This is your NKAKA Double G speaking, and if you're hearing this, I can't help but notice you must be a wrestling fan. So, of course, I'd like to tell you about GG Vision, a YouTube channel dedicated to making you laugh like an idiot and compete like a gladiator, with weekly content featuring the main event, the in-ring rundown, a wrestling satirical recap show similar to the Mark Remark that gives you a nice breakdown of everything that happens at WWE's flagship shows, sprinkled with my own personal touch of commentary, of course, so it might be just a little bit different than what you're used to. But that is not all. Compete against myself or other smashers and enjoy weekly highlights showcasing all the lovely Falcon knees and punches you could ask for. Battle for prize money in Metronominal, a Pokemon League on Showdown dedicated to metronome battles only that become far more intense than they should be. So if you're looking for a wrestling channel that comes with just a few extra goodies, one that strives to involve its members, join us fellow outlaws and enjoy the show. This has been Man From Earth with all the girth, telling you to be the character that you know you're worth. See you soon. Okay, we are back here on Reverb Rewind. We are currently discussing NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 
And um, if you're just joining in now, man, we're about to get to two very, very big matches. Um, can I just say, before we talk about uh, this match, um, there was a certain someone in the crowd for her friend, yes, and it was, was Tamina. Tamina was here making the show better as she normally does. Um, yeah, Tamina and Naomi, of course, fellow members of Team Bad, were shown in the crowd for this one. Um, and, um, now I'm pretty sure people have probably heard about this match before. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, and you've probably heard me talk about this match before. Um, Kevin, take the lead. What is coming up next on NXT TakeOver? Okay, so even one little thing before we get to the next match, because they also, they showed someone else in the crowd. They didn't just show Naomi and our goddess Tamina. They showed Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, and Kana, who, for those who are unaware, Kana is Kana is now known as Asuka. This yes. was her first sighting on WWE TV, as far as I, I, I mean, I figure. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, next up, the match we've all been waiting for, the match we've all wanted to talk about, we've got... Sasha Banks defending the NXT Women's Championship against Bailey, the huggable one, the hugger. You know, I wrote all, I wrote down one thing for this match in my notes. I wrote no notes needed mm. because nothing I could possibly write down could accurately convey how I felt about this match. It's all got to come from the heart. And so I'm speaking from the heart when I say that this match may not have been the best match NXT's ever put on, although it's definitely up there. But no match, for me personally, has ever made me feel like, wow, like a kid again, like, wow, wrestling is amazing, like this match. This match put me in such a different place than any match has ever put me in, honestly. I'm going to do my best here to... I'm not afraid to admit that I can get pretty emotional, um, especially when it comes to wrestling, because I've said many times that wrestling has always been my first kind of love. I love wrestling, and when it's really good, it gets me. So apologies if I get a little bit uh, emotional during this, and you can call me crazy, anyone out there that wants to, but I'm not afraid to admit it, admit it so I don't care. Um, this match... I've said many times is hands down my favorite match ever. There's nothing that comes to that match. I absolutely love that match. Um, like you said, it puts you in a different zone. I, you don't, any kind of issue or any kind of thing in your head is so non-existent. I, you don't want to look at your phone. You don't want to be distracted. You don't want to eat food when you're watching this match. You just want to sit in front of the TV and just watch the absolute masterpiece that was this match. Um, every time I watch this match, I'm never distracted. And at this point, I've probably, I'm not even joking when I've said I've probably watched this match 20, 25 times. Um, I can recite this match pretty much spot for spot. Um, I didn't write any notes for this match because I can nearly call it just by closing my eyes and and telling you every single spot in this match. Um, if people weren't paying attention to the 
the women before this match, they certainly were after because there was no ignoring them anymore. Um, Stephanie McMahon said at the, the start of this match, she was talking about they they aren't just put in the main event, they, they are the main event. That yep. match was no disrespect to the match we're going to talk about in a moment, but this match was unfollowable. You could not follow this match in any way. And that's not a discredit to um, Owens and Bala. It is just that match was perfect. If you could have a perfect wrestling match, there's only, you know, so many that you can list that that are perfect wrestling matches. And if you're not listing this one, I honestly believe you're kind of crazy because... Um, this isn't, to me, I ha- like, I just want the stigma of this was a good women's match to go away. This wasn't a good women's match. This was a good match. Nonetheless, like, it wasn't gender. This match was good whether a dog had it, a, a man, a cat, a woman, an alien. It does not matter who was in that ring. They delivered, and they had the NXT match of the year, the match of the year, there was nothing that was better than that in 2015. I will hold that match up against anything and debate it with my life. Um, it is always in my uh, like handful of matches that I'll show new wrestling fans. Um, I will always put this match on at some point and say, try and not get involved in this because watching the video package before this match... Even if you were a fan of, of, of Sasha and you were more a fan of heels, how could you not get involved in Bailey? She was the, the, the epitome of what an underdog was. She lost a lot. She was turned on by all of her friends. She didn't have anything else, but she, wa- she had the fans. She had them. And, man, did she turn that crowd because... Brooklyn can be a rabid bunch, and they generally are more pro to heels. And while Bailey did get a pretty big reaction, Sasha's was bigger, and the crowd were very much split. But by the end of that match, it did not matter. They were all on their feet for Bailey. Um, that three count when the referee's hand comes down to a three. Man, there's not a lot of reactions bigger and more genuine than that. That whole place was counting along. There was not one person not on their feet. I don't know if you noticed this, but the amount of times I've watched this match, I try to notice different things. And I was actually paying attention to Naomi and Tamina. And their jaws were dropped. And they know what this business is. They know what it takes to put on a match. And... If they're that interested and they're that zoned out to just be a fan, uh, I'm pretty sure you're doing your job fairly well. Um, Like I said, this is hands down my favorite match ever. I'll debate it all the time that it's better than this, better than that. Um, It's the only time I get super opinionated about wrestling is with this match. Um, But it's just every spot in that match from the stepping on the hands of Sasha to Bailey and the um, suicide dives or the dives over the top rope, I should say. The storytelling in that match of just Sasha is better than Bailey. Every step of the way, Sasha's always one step ahead to um, 
the reversals of bank statements and kickouts of Bailey to Bellies, and then of course the reverse Rana from the top rope that was just every time I look at that, it's hard to not just oh, it just looks painful to the ending. It's just an incredible, incredible match. There's, I'm trying to put it into words of how incredible that match was, but um, it's very hard to do it justice because. If you're a wrestling fan listening to this and you haven't watched that match, please pause this podcast right now and go to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and watch Banks and Bailey because um, even a non-wrestling fan, I'm pretty certain that you will at least go, oh, wow, I can see why you love that match. Oh, geez, Sorry man. to take up so much airtime of you there, Kevin. I didn't mean to. Uh, oh no, 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 no. Sweep so far, that was that was really good. That was really wonderful. Um, honestly, I'll try to. I, again, I'm I'm like you, or I really the the words don't even like they don't even come to me with this match because it just had it had everything. It had great wrestling. It had great storytelling. It had a great crowd behind it. It had a great heel in Sasha Banks who was just so nasty and able, and she worked the crowd really well to the point where they were going to cheer for Bailey. And Bailey, the purest baby face there is. Yep. Just so lovable, so huggable, so perfect in what she does in her role as in her character work. All of those elements collided in Brooklyn on August in August of 2015. All those elements collided and made a perfect match. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is. I remember watching that match and the spot. There, there are so many signature moments. The one that always stood out to me was was when Sasha went over the top rope over the referee onto Bailey. Yeah. At, at that point, I'd already been like way in 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 on this match. I was already like, wow, this match is great. When that happened. I went from this match is great to where does this match rank all time? Yeah. And then with the finish, the the reverse Rana into the and then the belly to belly, I literally remember stand I was standing up watching this match. I couldn't sit down. I had too much energy watching. Yeah. I was just too much at stake. I remember t- I remember getting to the end of the match, seeing the win, seeing the crowd react, seeing the four horsemen in the ring, all the emotions. I remember thinking, like, I think this was the greatest match I've ever seen. Yeah, it, um, I, it's hard to, um, I just remember that moment of watching that, and I'm a very, when I watch wrestling, I don't genuinely sit down, at least for something that's really good, I'm always a stand-up kind of person, and I just kind of stand there and watch wrestling, um, but that in particular, you couldn't sit down. There was no way you could sit down, especially with that ending. Um, I, I just, yeah, I have. N- there's nothing bad I can say about that match. There was no spot that was bad. They did everything perfect, and man, you know, four years later, here they are as the women's tag team champions. Um, in my mind, it's like. I can't wait for them to drop those titles so we can recreate that magic. Because, I mean, you'll never completely recreate what they did in that moment. You'll never get a bigger moment. I'm not saying this in a nasty way, but that is the peak of their careers. That is the peak. They'll never outdo that performance in my mind. 
um, both Sasha and Bailey. They will never have a better match together, separately. Nothing will outdo that. At least in my mind, I don't think them two personally could outdo what they did that night in Brooklyn. Um, but, I mean, they had an incredible match. The next pay-per-view um, for NXT, they main-evented, did the 30-minute um, Iron Woman match, and it was fantastic. Um, but nothing will ever recreate that particular setting, that that crowd, that moment. It was the first time Bailey won the NXT Women's Championship, and she had had opportunities in the past. It's not like this was her first go-round. Um, sometimes you got to lose to win, and that was the ultimate story of that. And um, it just is, is a shame, in some sense, that Bailey had come up to the main roster and won so fast, because you could have recaptured that energy to a whole new set of eyes. Um, but that's a different topic for a different for a different day. But um, of course, would be um, kind of do, not doing it justice to talk about the end of this match, and of course. Bailey, uh, Becky and Charlotte joining in and they held up the the four. This was kind of the last time we'd ever see them in NXT together. Um, at that point, I thought it would be the last time we'd see Banks in NXT because she'd been called up to the main roster. Charlotte and Becky had been called up to the main roster. I think people forget that Sasha Banks wrestled the next night at SummerSlam. So, I mean, it was certainly the last time you'd see those four together together on that stage in NXT, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but I don't believe we've seen those four in the ring at the same time since then, because all four have never been on the same show. That's that's correct. We have never seen them since, all four together. Hopefully that changes someday. I'd love to see it. it. But if it doesn't, we will always have That Night in Brooklyn. Just, to just, uh, just a, soak in the memory of it, the like just uh I just that match is just absolutely incredible it's just oh man just what a feel good moment and that's coming from someone who's well both of us who's watched wrestling for a long time we've seen a lot of feel good moments it's not like that's the first time we've ever seen that exact story if you get me We've seen that story countless times in wrestling. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That story works. Um, WWE should take a page out of that story. I mean, you could recreate that kind of moment with Kofi. So, I mean, it's not like they're not doing it now. But, I mean, man, that match is just 500 stars for me. I'll never not be able to watch it with the same feeling that I watched it the first time. Because it just captivates me. Absolutely captivates me. And um, the thing is here is that there was a match that had to follow this. And if anyone or you, Kevin, have watched the 24 special on NXT TakeOver Brooklyn on the network, uh, you could tell Finn and Kevin were like, oh, we have to follow that. Yeah, I have seen it. I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't personally see how any match was going to be able to follow. You couldn't. Bailey Banks. It could have been every, it could have been your two, your, every one of your favorite superstars and your favorite type of match. And I still don't think it would have been able to hold a candle to Becky, er, to Bailey and Banks. It really couldn't. Um, you know, there's still in this day and age, as stupid as it sounds, there's still people against, well, just aren't into 
women's wrestling. They aren't into female athletes. But, man, if you're a fan of wrestling, there was no way that you couldn't just go, that match should have... That match should have went on last. There was nothing... It was unfollowable. It was just... You cannot follow that. You're doing the other match an injustice because, I mean... As great as this match was, it just was not that. And that's not a discredit to those those uh, lads because, man, they they really went all out. Um, but, man, an infollowable match. And you could tell Kevin and Bala were like, oh, shit, <laughs> this is going to be really hard. But, of course, you're the main event. You're doing your best. Yeah, it was a good main event. I, I really... Every time I go, every time I go back and I watch this show, I try to I try to watch it with an emphasis on pay attention to the main event. Yeah. Because every time I watch it, I always get taken out of the game by by Bailey and Sasha. Because after that, you know, you're just so you're so revved up, you're so you know, so much energy. It's like hard to come back down to earth. Yep. If you know what I mean. I agree. <laughs> so. I always try to watch this show with an with added attention on Balor and Owens, and it's a good match. It's a good match. I don't know if I'd call it one of the NXT main event classics. Not probably not by a long shot. Probably not. But you know, it had good spots. Uh, the, I miss the Demon. I, I wish we saw him more. Yeah, I do too. But uh, he had a cool entrance where he was popping up in different places, and it was cool. Owens is his uh, Owens is Kevin Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens. He's gonna do, you know, he's gonna do, he's gonna come here. He's gonna kick ass. He's gonna take names. No, I just I, don't really know. What- I, it is hard to. Um, it is hard to look at this. Okay, so if this match went on before, for example. I think I would have enjoyed this match more because yeah. looking at this match bell to bell, it's a great, it's a great ladder. It really, really is. It is a fairly decent match, but um, it's just positioning, I guess. And every time I watch this show, like you said, you try to make sure that you're going to really zone in on the main event. But halfway through Bailey and Sasha, I get lost again, and I'm just yeah, like. It's- Oh my god, and then you've got to be like, okay, I've got to prepare myself again for watching this um, NXT Championship match, and like I said, it was bell to bell, this was a really decent match, it had a lot of cool spots, as most matches like this are, Um, but it's just, yeah, it it is what it is, it's just positioning, Um, it just, hey, but it's the NXT Championship match, arguably it should be on last, Um, but... Even the crowd, as into it as they were, they were spent. Yeah, they were. You could tell. You could tell. At the beginning of the match, they were, they were chanting for something they saw in the crowd. They weren't as into it as they were. Cause they, yeah, Bailey and Banks just took them out of it, basically. Yeah. And it is what it is. Those girls made you pay attention to what they were doing. So, I mean, they literally stole the show. Um, if you could think of anything that stole the show more, um, be my guest to debate me because um, I will argue with that all day. Um, but yeah, this match was still good. Um, this was kind of Owens' goodbye to NXT. Um, and he wrestled the next night at SummerSlam as well. He actually wrestled Cesaro, if you remember. Yeah. Um, so he had a big weekend. 
Um, just, yeah, like I said, it was this kind of au revoir. It was bye to NXT and pretty good way to go out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There are a lot of great, a lot of great action in this match. Um, a lot of cool, yeah, a lot of cool spots. You got to see Owens take a back body drop on the side of a ladder, which looked, oh, it looked like it hurt. Yeah, that, that was nasty. And obviously this match has its signature moment, which was the coup de gras off the ladder, which is an incredible the visual of it, of oh, him yeah. standing atop the ladder and Owens laying there prone, that is a visual that sticks. I will say that. Yeah, it, it just w- really is. <laughs> it just doesn't stick as much as Bailey winning the title. I, 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 you're gonna, no matter how hard you try to wrap up this match, this match, you're gonna keep going back to the one before yep. it because they're always gonna be tied together. No, I agree with you. Um, it always will be. Um. Not that there's too much more to say about the show itself, but um, overall, this show is pretty damn fantastic. It really is. It, bell to bell, wire to wire, finished at beginning to end. Um, just fantastic action all throughout. Really couldn't ask for a better show. No, you couldn't. Um, as we kind of wind up here with um, this show, um, do you think this is the greatest takeover of all time? Oh, it's so tough. It's a, it's a tough question. I actually saw um, a, a poll posted on Twitter before by the Champions Advantage podcast. Shout out to Champions Advantage. Um, they were having a dispute, the two of them, and they posted a poll. What was better, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn or NXT TakeOver New Orleans? I think the wrestling was m- probably a, a good bit better on New Orleans, but I, I I think the I just don't know if you could match the enter like the the atmosphere of Brooklyn. It just felt like a special show that New Orleans, while it delivered in ring maybe more than Brooklyn, it just didn't have the same feel to it. I don't think that Brooklyn did. Yeah, I honestly think that um that Brooklyn <sighs> New Orleans was really good. Shit, I don't know. Talk it out. I, I, it's I, tough. I I think. Brooklyn because do I just say Brooklyn because of Bailey and Sasha? I don't know. I think I think personally Brooklyn was better. New Orleans was really good though. I don't know. It's a hard question, but I do honestly think this was probably the best takeover ever. I I just think in terms of moments you won't top this one. No. Just absolutely the defining, in my mind, forever, the defining moment of NXT Takeover, the bread, the, any of them will be Bailey, will be the four horsewomen standing in the ring. That yeah, happened to Brooke. That's just a incredible moment, an incredible show. Um, this was a fun rewind to kind of do because, I mean, while it's only four years old, it's not like we're talking about it every day. Um, so it is nice to go back and relive that magic and just kind of zone back to where you were at that stage watching this show. Um, just was really, really fun. A fun, fun, fun show. Um, anything else you want to add to that before we uh, wind down? I'm just, uh, you know, I'd like to thank the fans for voting for it. Um I would have been happy with any of the choices, but I was I was in my heart pulling for this one just because I wanted to go back and rewatch Bailey and Banks. Uh, 
thank you for letting me do that, even though I could have done that on my own. Thank you for giving me, um, I guess, the obligation to do it. Yeah, I actually voted for NXT TakeOver Toronto. I wanted to watch Toronto because I hadn't watched it in a while, but um, I'm not mad that I got to watch Brooklyn again. I'm really not. Um, so yeah, I, I ditto that you know, in terms of thank you for voting. Um, now, so Reverb Rewind will be taking a couple weeks break because we're going to wait until WrestleMania week to have our very special WrestleMania edition of um, Reverb Rewind. Now, it's going to work a little bit differently. The reason we're taking so long, I know there's still, what, three weeks until Mania, so two weeks until... So there's going to be multiple polls that come out for Reverb Rewind on the next one because what we're going to do is we're going to have eight choices altogether, two, four, and four polls. And the winner of those two WrestleMania polls will go in a one-on-one poll, little singles match, and the winner of that will then be our Reverb Rewind. So make sure you look out on my Twitter, uh, at Wrestling Reverb, um, and you can uh, vote in both of those polls. So you're going to have to choose between four on one poll, four on another poll, and then they'll battle it out. So you've got a couple. We're going to have this over the next couple of weeks. And then I'll announce the actual date of Reverb Rewind during WrestleMania week. But like me and Kevin have said many times, you're probably going to hear from us four or five times in that week. Um, just the We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to break down WrestleMania week. I mean, we could nearly do a podcast every day. There's that much to talk about. Um, but we'll probably do, it, probably do three or four um, during that week. But hey... Me and Kevin could want to talk every day about WrestleMania, so we don't know. We'll de- you'll definitely see us um, for Reverb Rewind. You'll definitely see us on Brain Buster for WrestleMania predictions. You'll hear us for an NXT TakeOver um, New York recap. Um, you'll hear us a lot. Um, Kevin, of course, stated at the start of this, he's relaunching his blog um, tentatively that week, so you'll be able to read his kind of stuff going in, and I'm sure there'll be a lot about WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, Gosh. please, please make sure you vote in both of those polls. They're going to go up today, tomorrow. Within the next 48 hours, they'll be up, um, and you have a week to vote in each of them, and then you have another week to vote um, in the two winners of those polls. So there's altogether going to be eight WrestleManias to choose from, Um don't worry, all the classics will be in there. Um, it's going to be hard to beat some of them. But um, hey, there's a lot of choices in here. There's a lot of going to be a lot of eyes on this. So please make sure that you like that post. You retweet it. You vote. Tell me why you're voting. I want to hear it all. Um, and yeah, it's we're gearing up for a very, very busy... A good busy... I'm not complaining at all. It's a good busy week. We're going to be going to be hearing... Uh, Kevin and I's voice a lot um, coming up. But of course, like I said earlier, we got Queen coming up this Friday on Wrestling Revert. We're going to have a nice chat about Brain Buster Radio and about all things wrestling. I want to get her thoughts on some stuff coming up to WrestleMania. Um, and yeah, that's really about it. That's all that's coming up. Is there anything else you want to kind of add in, Kevin? Nothing comes to mind. Um, Luck, the fans are very lucky they're going to get to hear us so much. Uh, I love hearing myself, so that'll oh, be good for me. So, lo- <laughs> lovely, humble man Kevin is. He's just a super humble dude, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's my middle name. <laughs> um, 
I did want to kind of, um, I know I'm kind of throwing this on Kevin as well, but I just want to take a brief little moment, a bit more serious. I do want to, um, send all my love over to New Zealand with the horrible stuff that went on last week, um, in Christchurch. I did want to kind of, I didn't tweet about any of this kind of stuff and I didn't think it was, um, you know, I didn't think it was right just to put it in a sentence form on Twitter. I just wanted to take like a brief second just to send my love over and it's just um, very awful. It's a very scary world that we live in and I just want to hope that for whatever reason, um, doing listening to stuff like this or whatever you like doing in the world, whether it's watching wrestling or it's listening to music, watching a movie, playing with your dog, patting your cat... Whatever it may be, um, if we're able to provide a little bit of a distraction from real life, then uh, me and Kevin couldn't be happier about that. Um, so yeah, I just want to take a brief minute just to kind of say, um, sending my love over to Christchurch and all of the awful stuff that's going on over there, because the world is a very scary place, and I don't mean to make this a serious kind of uh, podcast, we're very light-hearted people, but... Um, I thought it would be the right thing to do on the podcast just to kind of send our love to Christchurch. Absolutely. Sending all of our love, our support, our thoughts and prayers to New Zealand and to Christchurch. Um, love it, love each other, guys. Just there's there's no room for hate in this world. Yeah, there's really too is. much. There really, really is. got to work on loving each other. It's a very scary world sometimes, but um, you just got to try and... Uh, Make as much light as you can of the world because it can get pretty dark sometimes. But of course, New Zealand are our neighbours, um, in Australia's neighbours. So um, we really do got to send our love over there. And um, obviously, I ain't going into detail of what's going on. People know what's happened. Um, but yes, very scary. And um, just, yeah, like Kevin said, thoughts and prayers and just everyone just... Please do your bit to just spread some love around. It, this world is full of hate sometimes, and um, just spread the spread the light. Um, hug your hug your mum. You know, tell people you love them. Hug your friends. Just think about all the good in life, and think about all the good in the world. And um, yeah, if we can, if, if any chance for anyone listening, um, that we can provide a little bit of happiness or a distraction to your world, then um. I mean, I'm speaking for Kevin here as well because I'm pretty certain he'd be the same, but I'm pretty sure we're doing our job just fine then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you're, you're right there. You're right on it. Alrighty, so um, on that note, we will catch you later in the week with Queen for our beautiful, beautiful chat with her. And um, yeah, onwards and upwards, everyone. Peace out. So what happened after the Attitude Era? That's right. When the war was over and the dust settled, what really happened? And come on, Kane, honestly, who can blame her? Look at you. Who could realistically love a burnt-up freak like you? What do we make of this time period.
only two guys will have the answers. I want that golden thong. And I was like... <laughs> if I want to be a tattooed, fire-breathing dragon, then that's all right by you. And it all culminates to this. The granddaddy of them all. Ruthless Aggression! Make sure to tune into the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Starring me, myself, Levi, and my good buddy Kyle. Find us on anchor.fm forward slash ruthlesspod and anywhere you can find your podcast.